us to do the work of the ministry, to your face, to be in your presence, to honor you with our lives this morning corporately so that as we go out individually this week, we can walk out with the power, walk out with the anointing, walk out with the Word of God to change the world around us. So Father, we thank you that we can be here together today. And Lord, when when one of us can't be here, if some of us can't be here because of illness, Father, your word says that when one hurts, we all hurt. And so Father, we lift up John right now. We speak healing and we speak life to his mortal body. We speak uh, strength to his his heart, his life, his, his mind, his soul. Thank you, Father, for your healing power, that you are the healer. And Father, anyone else that's down right now, anyone else that's not feeling well, anyone else that's, that's not uh, that's under under the attack of the enemy, Father, we thank you that your life and your power, your strength, your anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. We thank you for that, Lord. This morning we worship you, and I pray that we worship you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name. I just like to read a scripture. From Ephesians 2, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and raises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's our prayer for this church, a dwelling that God lives by his spirit. You know, there's a beauty in the unity of the saints. There's a beauty in laying your life down. There's a beauty in unity. Uh, If we think we're going to get unity politically or any other way, the only unity I've ever seen is in the saints, and 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 that can be threatened. But we lay our lives down. It's not about us. It's about the kingdom of God and His purpose. Lord, forgive me when I am selfish. Forgive me when I'm trying to see things my way. But Lord, I lay my life down for the kingdom of God. And let that be our prayer so we can be that habitation where the Spirit dwells. This church is going to be, is, it is going to be the habitation where the kingdom of God goes forward by His Spirit. This morning, uh, actually this weekend, we are celebrating uh, Veterans Day. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God for our veterans. Hallelujah. And could I have uh, anyone who has served in the armed forces, could you please stand? And uh, Brian, could you uh, have George step into the room here for a moment? Because I know he has too, and he can come in for just a moment. Praise the Lord. And Pastor Greg is back up in the... Yeah, these guys, both these guys. Let's give them a round of applause. Let's win.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, if you just stay standing for just a moment, could I have you look around and see who it is? If you're close to them, just get stand up, turn around. I'm going to lay hands on them and pray for them and bless them in the name of the Lord this morning. So if you find somebody around, right around you, lay hands on them and let's pray for them and for their families and for those that aren't here this morning and those who are represented. Father, we thank You so much for each one of these who have chosen to be in, in uh, uh, lay down their life for us. Father, we know so many gave up their lives. And Lord, we, we pray for their families and for their, their, uh, their offspring. Father, we, but these folks made that same choice. They chose to, to honor us and to honor You with their lives. Father, we pray a blessing upon them right now in the name of Jesus. We speak life to them in every way. Father, I pray that they reap a reward for everything that they ever sowed in this way for our country, for us as individuals, and for, for their families. Bless them, Father. Bless them with every reward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give them a hug before you sit down. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. And as you turn into Hebrews chapter 6, don't go, oh great, here we go again. I'm only picking up there where we left off last week. Continuing to, to move forward in what I believe the Lord is speaking to us as a congregation, to us as believers. And in many ways, I, what's interesting is I've been hearing this same thing uh, shared by other people, other other. Uh, other ministers and leaders are, are preaching on, along these same lines. It's very, you know, it's always really cool to me when I see that the Holy Spirit is speaking to His body as a body. Hebrews 6, beginning with verse 1, says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. That, that phrase, I said that last week, that phrase is just absolutely uh, intrigues me. Let us leave the elementary doctrine of of Christ. Now, you have to think about that for a second. Because you think, well, wait a second. Christ is not elementary. No, He's not. He, he's the only way. He's the door. If we, we have no hope without Christ. We have no, there was no opportunity for relationship with God, salvation without Christ. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. It, this whole thing is because of Him. He is the most important being in the universe. But it says that we need to leave, the, that Paul wanted them to leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. What does that mean? That doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean that, it's, that, it's, that he, you know, it is not vital. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that's the first step. Forgiveness of sins. Salvation. Eternal life with God. All of those things are just the beginning. Jesus said, if you remember in, in uh, Revelations, it says, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know, and he says, he, and he told his disciples, he is the door. He's the gate. He's the way into salvation. But once we walk through that gate, once we walk through that door, there is a whole existence that is limitless. This 
thing. This God thing is bigger than we have any idea. God is the, 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 the doctrines of God, the, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, His character, His life, His, His, His love for us is so big. You cannot grasp the fullness of it. I cannot grasp the fullness of it. Individually, no one could ever grasp the fullness of the glory of God. But he said, collectively, as the body working together, and we're going to talk about that, doing this together, when we do this together, we get a bigger and bigger idea. That's why Satan's always trying to destroy it. That's why he's always trying to break it apart. He's always trying to wreck relationships. He's always trying to separate people. He's always trying to alienate groups, alienate individuals. He's always trying to to break this thing. But Jesus says, the gates of hell will not prevail. The kingdom of God. So Paul says, let us therefore leave the elementary doctrine. Well, if that's the elementary doctrine, what is beyond elementary? And it says, and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. And then he goes on to talk about that God wasn't permitting him. He had to talk about the elementary stuff. He had to deal with the, with the, uh, uh, the Hebrews along that line. Go over to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, that's where I started this morning. I read the verse, these verses out of Ephesians to start the service. Ephesians 4, 9 says, In saying He ascended, what does it mean? But that He had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that He might fill all things. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature, there's that word again, mature, manhood, to the measure of the fullness of the... I'm sorry, that's my, that's my King James jumping in there in my head. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ." from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the whole body makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love this whole christian walk is about growing up in christ becoming mature i mean praise god for salvation God for salvation. We talked about that last week. The Lord for His grace. Praise the Lord for mercy. Praise God we don't go to hell. If you're born again, you don't go to hell. If you're not born again, get born again. Receive Jesus. Why screw around? Why mess with it? 
It's real. Let's go. But once we are born again, there is a whole universe, a whole existence, a whole infinity full of God that He wants us to experience. The cool thing is, and I've said this many times and I still believe it fully, we will spend eternity and continually learning about God. I believe that we, even in eternity, we'll be going, wow, wow, I didn't get that before. I never understood. I never even knew that existed. So it's out there. He's out there. It's, we're, we're just, why stay at the door? Now, that doesn't mean we, we leave Christ. No, 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 no. But it means, why stay at the elementary things? Let's grow up. Let's become mature. Now, how many of you enjoyed, enjoyed your childhood? How many of you enjoyed your childhood? I loved my childhood. Running around, you know, warm days in the summer. I hated school, but that's, you know, that's its own thing, you know. But, you know, you didn't, you didn't get up in the morning and go, oh, <laughs> You could eat anything, drink anything, any time of the day. Those were the days. I know. I know. There is a ton of great things about being young. Awesome. But I want to let you know, I'm glad I'm not young anymore. I have really enjoyed turning 20. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to get there. Hang on. When I turned 20, I really enjoyed it. Because with it came a whole more part of world, didn't it? When I became 30, I was really glad. I, I enjoyed turning 30 because I realized what I didn't know before I was 30. You have no idea what you don't know. <laughs> you might think you know, but you don't know. There is a level of wisdom when you turn 30, you go, oh, what was I thinking? And then you turn 40 and you get wiser. And, it, and But at 40, life even becomes more rich. My children were growing up when I was in my 40s. I loved watching my children. I, wa- I loved being a part. I loved being a dad. I loved being a husband. But I love being a dad. <laughs> I love being a dad. It's just, I love that part. I couldn't be. I wasn't a dad in my 20s. Some people were. I wasn't. But I enjoyed that. And then I turned 50. Finally. Finally, I know everything. <laughs> but I'm going to be real honest with you. Real honest. And I know there's going to be people who go, I don't think, you know, whatever. I'm going to be very honest. I'm glad I'm not 30 anymore. I'm not. I am. I'm, I'm really glad I'm not 30. I'm really glad I'm not 40 anymore. I'm actually looking, I'm looking forward to my 60s. In a long, long time from now. Long. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Why? Because there's a fullness and a richness with understanding what you know when you're 60s, from what I've heard, from from what I've been told. Right, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, okay. We're getting older. We're getting closer to the end. But we're all getting closer to the end, right? Aren't we? Nobody here gets out alive. It's just the way it works. So you might as well enjoy it where you are when you're there. 
in teenagers, enjoy the heck out of being a teenager. 20-somethings, enjoy it. 30-somethings, try to enjoy it. I know, it's really stressful, but try, you know, enjoy that time. But there's more. There's something about becoming mature and growing up that is so awesome. Why is most of the body of Christ stay babies? Why does most of the body of Christ not grow up? How do I know? And I'm talking to myself. You know, people say, oh, I wonder who he's preaching to. I'm preaching to myself all the time. That's, that's where I preach from. I preach to myself. If it, if it blesses you guys, great, wonderful. But the body of Christ worldwide Enjoy being babies. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. Give me. Give me. Give me. The world is the world's all about me. The kingdom's all about me. The Bible's all about me. One of the earliest lessons I taught our children, the world does not revolve around you. But but I need, I want Amen. I'm a, I can't pick on her, but you can. Go for it. <laughs> I said the shoe wouldn't drop today, so. The world revolves around you. You are not the center of the universe. Children, if there's anybody, children in here, look at your parent. And the parent, tell them, you're not the center of the universe. Now, you might, that might be a rude awakening for some of you children. But it's also really a rude awakening for most of the body of Christ. Because this kingdom is not about you. What Jim read this after this morning was spot on. He goes, do you think this will fit? I was like, I know it will fit. I didn't tell him to read that verse. He heard that from the Holy Ghost. This isn't about us. It's about Him. It's about His, his heart, His desire, His plan. And the, when you know someone is maturing is when it changes from me to him. That's maturity. When it becomes less about my wants, my desires, my needs, and it becomes about, Lord, your will be done. And it becomes less of a fight. It becomes less of an argument. Because at every level, you can argue, well... I really want to do this, but Lord, okay, fine. You, I'll do your will. There's that's teenagers. Teenagers know they can't lose anymore, or they, you know, they can't win. You know, rake the yard. I don't want to. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Go rake the yard. Well, why do I have to? Because I said so. I'm dad. I get to do that. If you want your if you want your habits supplied for, you have to do it. You know, habits: living indoors and eating. <laughs> Get to work. Same way in the kingdom, though. All this stuff. When Jesus said, Jesus said that that you know everybody's worried about what they what clothes they put on or what they're going to eat or what they're going to you know. He says that is not what this is about. 
You seek first the kingdom of God and that stuff is going to come. I mean, okay, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a blanket statement here and then I'm going to explain it because I don't want anybody to, you know, choke on anything. I am, I am fully a hundred percent believing and, and, and standing on and walking in prosperity message. I believe God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. He wants your needs to be met. He wants you to be overwhelmingly blessed. Okay, everybody breathe. In the context of seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you. It's not about the stuff. It is not about money. It's not about cars. It's not about homes. It's not about boats. It's not about, well, it is about motorcycles, but it isn't about motorcycles. <laughs> it's not about stuff, people. It's not about my physical needs. Jesus said, he says, the grass doesn't worry about any of that stuff and it's better. It's better than Solomon's raiments. This is about, if we, when we put the kingdom first, when we put him first, when we put the king first, you're going to have everything you need. Huh. You just want him. And when you have him, you have everything. And he'll make sure you have everything. He'll make sure you're taken care of. You'll be blessed. And you won't be worried about what you don't have. But most of the body of Christ still lives in that world system where we're scraping and we're, we're sweating for stuff. It's about Him. How do you know you've grown up? How do you know if you're growing up? It's less about stuff and it's about Him. How do we know? How do we know that we're no longer children? Ephesians 4. I just read this. That we may, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried by every wind of doctrine. You want to talk about fake news? You know, this whole thing about fake news? Is there fake news? Yeah, most of it. Not about 99% of it. So I'm, whatever. But I don't want to get political. There's also false doctrine. Amen. That's great. I mean, the crud. I'm choosing my words very carefully. The crud. That gets posted on Facebook as theology. My goodness, people. How do we not fall into those traps? And I'm not just talking about, well, believe this, believe this. I'm talking about, you know that this could happen? Do you know that this may happen? Do you know that this, you know, we can get, we can get blown about by every wind of doctrine that says that God doesn't care about you. That God's not going to take care of you. That God's not going to heal you. That God's, there's all kinds of junk out there and you can't be moved about. You can't get worried every single time that you hear somebody say something stupid. And people say stupid stuff all the time. Mature people go, well, you may say that, but this is what the Word of God says. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, the devil said things that were real. He said, he did say, he says, I'll give you, he had the nations. They, we, Adam and Eve gave away the nations. Eve gave away the world. Satan says, I'll give it back to you. Jesus said, uh, no. That sounds like a great idea, but you know, that sounds like a, a, a possible idea, but here's what the word of God says. He was not moved 
by the devil's doctrine. He was not moved by what somebody said. As mature adults, we cannot be blown apart, blown about every time somebody throws something at you that doesn't sound right. Because if it doesn't sound right, it probably isn't. Don't, don't get all bent out of shape about it. Just look at them and go, no. <laughs> Just say no. I'll steal that one from the 80s. Just say no. <laughs> How do you know that you're becoming mature? You're not blown, blown around every time the Satan says something to you. You're going to be poor. You're going to, your, your business is going to fail. Uh, no. See how easy that is? A year ago, I think I can share this now. A year ago, I, I have this other business, this Krav Maga business, this self-defense business. A year ago, I was praying really, really hard about shutting it down because financially it wasn't doing very well at all. At all. At all. Right, Debbie? How many, how many at-alls do I need? Really, really bad, right? She's our accountant. She's my, my the bookkeeper. She's like, she goes, not good. This is it. add minus equals not good. Okay, it's not good. <laughs> and I was praying. I was like, Lord, what do? I and Satan's going, you're going to fail, and everybody's going to know you're going to fail. You're going to everybody's going to you're going to look like a fool, and you're a, you're one of those prosperity guys. You th you say that God's going to take care of you and bless you, and and look what yeah, and you're going to fail. And I'm going because <laughs> I don't want to fail. Nobody wants to fail. But I stopped. I didn't get blown about by that. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And very clearly, he said, keep it moving. Keep doing and Do this different. Do that. He led me through it. And the whole time I'm going, but what if? I have the same questions you do. But what if? What if the economy changes? What if the dollar drops? What if my, my 401k doesn't do what it's supposed to? What if? What if? What? You can have all the what if. That's being blown about by... Every wind. I finally had to get to the point. Every time that my mind started going into turmoil, I would say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, You said, You said, keep doing this. And You said You'd bless the work of my hands. I'm putting this into Your hands. It's Yours. And today, one year later, I am so glad we didn't close it down. We're not rich yet, are we? Not rich yet. <laughs> but we're not poor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not going to fail. It's not going to disappear. It's not going to go down in flames. It's actually progressing. I'm, I'm surprised every, every month. I'm going, huh, November. November and December, always the worst months. Why? Because nobody wants to work out. Everybody wants to eat turkey, and they want to party, and they want to go hunting, and they want to go do everything else. Nobody wants to show up. on. on th so we've always said, let's just shut it down in November and December. The first two weeks of November is the biggest number of people showing up we've ever had in any month. It just keeps growing. Glory to God. Not being moved by stuff, but saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you tell me to do. You tell me what to do. You want me to do what? Maybe it doesn't sound like the best business decision or exactly what you want to do. But if you trust Him, if you, if you become mature and put your trust in Him, that's what mature people do. Christian, mature Christians, put your trust in Him and don't let go.
You're not blown around by every wind, every attack. So it says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, not building up, or I'm sorry, for building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So what is the ministry? What is the work of the ministry? It's not the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, the, the evangelist, and the teacher. You know, I'm... I'm what my job is is to train you to do the work of the ministry. Who all here is to do the work of the ministry? Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm I'm looking. Yes, I should see every. Yeah. If you're a believer, you're to do the work of the ministry. Well, wait a second. We hire you to do that. No, I, I do the work of the ministry too. I, I, that's, I also have to do it, but I don't, I'm not supposed to do all the work of the ministry. I'm not even supposed to do a third of the work of the ministry or a fifth or an 18th or a 100th, maybe a 100th. There's more than 100 people in here. I'm supposed to do about 120th of the work of the ministry that this body you know, produces. That's my job. My job is to help you, just to encourage you, to teach you, to get you ready to the work of the ministry. So, what is the work of the ministry? Somebody tell me what the work of the ministry is. Moving plywood. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's one. It sounds really menial, but it's really important. Why? Because you're trying to, you're saving my body. That's what you're doing. You're, you're helping me be healthy here. No, I'm just kidding. What else is the work of the ministry? Cookie ministry. Glory to God. What else is the work of the ministry? Discipleship. I've heard, I'm here, everything's like, discipleship. What's another one? Go to, I think I'm in Matthew. Matthew 16. Jesus tells us straight out what the work of the ministry is. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not, you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. If you know, if, if those of you who have been reading with the church, this was in our reading this week. This was part of our reading. He had just told Peter, he said, who, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And he says, blessed are you, Peter. And three sentences later, he's going, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because Peter was still acting like a child. He didn't have the bigger picture in mind. He didn't have the maturity to understand that Jesus had to do this. His purpose in coming to the earth was to die on that cross for us that day. And everything he did led up to it. 
And he constantly laid down his life every day to fulfill that. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? What is the work of the ministry? We threw out some ideas. Preaching the gospel, working in the church, being a part of stuff, reaching the lost. All of those are tasks. The work of the ministry is to lay down your life and pick up your cross. Now that's that's not something that's really easy to preach to a baby. These men and women who served in our armed forces and we we honored this morning, we don't ask five-year-olds to go to war. We don't ask newborns to go to war. Our country asks mature young men and women Now, that's crazy to think because many of them were 18. That's crazy. But yet, there's jobs to be done that that cost people their lives. We all know somebody, or we've heard of somebody, we're related to someone who lost their life in war. The ultimate sacrifice. The Bible says that if anyone lays down their life for their friend, that's a friend. That's a brother. Jesus laid down His life for us. And He only asks one thing from a mature believer. Lay down your life. He says if you don't lay down your life, if you don't consider your life less important than the kingdom's plan, then he says you're not worthy. That's hard stuff. That's tough stuff. What does that mean? I don't know what it means for you. I don't know what it means for you. And I don't want to make the definition so small that it causes it to be a waste. That it, it cause, you know, it's not just X, not just Y. That's why you have to get your marching orders today. What is it the Holy Spirit wants you to do? What is it that God is leading you to do today? It may be to take a day off. And you don't really want to take a day off because this is what we do. But if He says, take a day off, well, then you take a day off. And you spend it in His presence. You spend it in His presence watching the football game. That's okay. Or the hockey game or... Do it yourself, network. I don't care, whatever you want to watch. But if he tells you to go door to door at the at the uh, trailer park in Prescott, that's what he wants you to do. And you might go, I don't want to. It's cold out there. I don't know those people. I'm not friend. I'm not. I'm not easily friendly. 
I don't know how to talk to strangers. I don't know how. I don't want to. I don't hear. I don't want to. Die. Take up your cross. Cross was an implement of death. And die. I'll be. I'll, I'll tell you. What, it's an open secret. I've said this many times. I didn't want to be a pastor. He didn't care. I didn't want to be a lot of things. I didn't want to do a lot of things. I don't normally want to do a lot of things. He doesn't care. He didn't ask me what I wanted. He says, this is what needs to be done. This is who you're called to be. Obey. And many times it feels like you're dying. Children don't want to work. Mature people know they, they need, that they need to, that the job needs to get done. It's time to be mature. For this vision, the, the vision and the plan and purpose that God has for this church, it's going to take us all being mature. And age has nothing to do with it. I've known some extremely mature teenagers. Extremely mature. I know some very extremely mature teenagers. This church has extremely mature teenagers. That's not what it isn't about an age. It's about our heart. Father, lead me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. Just lead me, Lord. Use me. And then it's up to him. Maturity. We're going to continue to talk about maturity as time goes on. Can you all stand, please? And as we do, I want to have oh, did Vern just walk out? I saw him sitting there a second, unless he got translated or raptured. He had a he had a testimony from yesterday that I wanted him to share. If not, I'll have him share it next week. All right. Anything with the chairs today? Chairs taken up, stacked up. Chairs stacked up. Everybody else who brought everybody who brought. Uh, Work clothes, meet us out by the building in about 10 minutes. Go ahead and get your coffee and your cookie. Make it 15. You can have 15. I'll give you 15. Get your coffee, get your cookie, eat them quickly, and get out there. Dress warm. Vern, can you come up real quick and share that testimony? I'm going to give you a quick testimony about Prescott. You may be seated. But again, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent. And yesterday, me and Mary and Beth went down to Prescott. I got a chance to work with a very special lady yesterday on the street, uh, Beth. And uh, it was very unique and very wonderful. We were going from trailer house to trailer house in uh, Prescott. And uh, there's appointed times, and yesterday I'm going to give you a quick testimony about a couple of people that we run into. Chris, a, a man maybe in his uh, 50s, who had done eight years in prison in the state of Arizona. We did not know that. We knocked on the door, and me and Beth went in, and he was sitting there, and he's got tattoos all over his body, no shirt on. And basically we started talking, he says, do you have any children? He said, no, I got nephews. And I said, we're here, and we'd like to give you gifts and to give you stuff so you can give it away. 
And it's almost like they get in shock because most of the people that come to the door want something, we're there to give something. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so we give him a card and we got his name and stuff and he's going to call us back and uh, we will go back down there. But understand this, the work of the ministry is started in Prescott and God wants us to continue it. Because the only way that we can win is to continue. The only way we're going to gain ground is to continue. Me and Beth walked to another uh, trailer house and knocked on the door and there's a woman, there's a white cat in there and there's a young boy in there and we start talking to her. She had been in drug treatment and lost one of her kids to welfare because of her background. But she said, she said to me and Beth, it's important that you were here today. And we talked to her and she said, my, my past, she said, I've done a lot of things wrong. But she said, you're here at, an, at a very important time. She said to me and Beth, I have very nothing to give to my kids at Christmas time. I said, glory to God. We're here to help. If there's one thing about the work of the ministry, it's about helping. And when we're talking to her, I said, Beth, would you lay hands on her? And Beth started praying over her, and she's crying. Because we're there at a point in time. She's, that's what she said to me and Beth. You're here because God sent you. We're here because God sent you. Don't look at me that way. You've got to straighten your halo out. <laughs> it's so important that you hear that the ministry is going outside of the church to touch the people that need to be touched by the Christ in us, we're the hope of glory inside of us, we're the temple of God. The way the temple of God goes, we go out and we give the word, and we give that it's working the ministry of the Holy Spirit who lives in us to give it away. And you're going to go to Prescott today, you got to go down there and do the, everything that's being done there is gaining ground. You, We take ground, we take it by violence, by force, because the Bible says we win. Yeah. And thank God Beth was there. She's such a mature lady. Wonderful to be around her. I thought, oh my God, where, where has she been? Well, she's been to Israel. She's been on the street before. Very, very talented woman in Christ. It's wonderful to have that. And there's a whole bunch of ladies in here that got that same gifting in you. It needs to be used. It's about God. It's about what we do for people. It's about how we do it for people. And how we do it is Christ. How we, there's nothing more important. If we're going to be crucified in Christ, then Christ should come out of us. You squeeze me and Christ is going to come out. Squeeze you and Christ should come out of you. Thank you.